Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Each day we'll look at a text from the weekly readings from the Westgate Church Bulletin. We will look at background material and also application of the text. So once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Welcome to the Illuminated Word. My name is Devin Morris. Today our passage comes from the book of Acts, chapter 17, verses 1 through 15. Read our section, pause some context, do some application, be a good time. If you want to open up your Bibles, you can read with me, or just listen. Here we go. Now when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica. There was a synagogue of the Jews. And Paul went in, as was his custom, and on three Sabbath days he reasoned with them from the Scriptures, explaining and proving that it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead, and saying, This Jesus, whom I proclaim to you, is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a great many of the devout Greeks, and not a few of the leading women. But the Jews were jealous. And taking some wicked men of the rabble, they formed a mob, set the city in an uproar, and attacked the house of Jason, seeking to bring them out to the crowd. And when they could not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the brothers before the city authorities, shouting, These men who have turned the world upside down have come here also. And Jason has received them, and they are all acting against the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, Jesus. And the people in the city authorities were disturbed when they heard these things. And when they had taken money as security from Jason and the rest, they let them go. The brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea, and when they arrived, they went into the Jewish synagogue. Now these Jews were more noble than those at Thessalonica. They received the world with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Many of them therefore believed, and not a few Greek women of high standing as well as men. But when the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was proclaimed by Paul at Berea also, they came there too, agitating and stirring up the crowds. Then the brothers immediately sent Paul off on his way to the sea, but Silas and Timothy remained there. Those who conducted Paul brought him as far as Athens, and after receiving a command for Silas and Timothy to come to him as soon as possible, they departed. A longer section of scripture, really in two parts. Uh, they're, they're definitely connected because you've, it's, it's Paul on the run. This is the second uh, episode of Paul's mission to, to Macedonia. He's here in Thessalonica. This is the principal city of Macedonia uh, then as it is now. It was founded in 315 BC on the site of an earlier settlement called Thermae by Cassander, who named it after his wife, a half-sister of Alexander the Great. So some pretty cool background there. This mission to Thessalonica and to Berea would have been like late winter, like October, December of 49 into January of AD 50, if you're curious about a timeline there. So he first comes to Thessalonica, and his procedure is to go straight to the synagogues first. And while they're starting the Old Testament scriptures, what they're familiar with, and work his way to who Christ is. And this is, you know, a great way to work with anybody in a Bible study, is you figure out where where they are. So he goes to the Jews, and for three Sabbaths, so at least for three weeks, he is preaching to the Jews specifically. And what do you know? No, it doesn't really seem to be a big Jewish following comes out of that, but he does have several Greeks. In verse 4, devout Greeks, that is, 
you know, Greeks who were, you know, proselyte Jews, and not a few of the leading women. So uh, there's there's been several, well, I say several, one I know of in particular, books written on um, on Gentiles, specifically in Macedonia, and women in Macedonia were known to be independent, were known to be workers, tradeswomen, uh, kind of running their own businesses type things. It's where you kind of get Lydia, and what we know most well about her being a, a seller of purple, had this entrepreneurial spirit about her. That was a, a common thing among uh, women from Macedonia. Interesting tidbit there. So this is what Paul does. He, he goes into a synagogue. He preaches from the Old Testament passages and brings in the historical fact that Jesus' ministry, his death, his resurrection, these all point to the Old Testament finding fulfillment. It is what the Jews have been waiting for, and this is what Jesus does when he goes in the synagogues. Jason would have most likely have been a Jew. Many Jews would adopt Greek names. Oftentimes, people who adopted Jason as a Greek name had been originally named Joshua. There's some evidence of that. So this is probably originally a Joshua who changes his name to Jason, who has a home, who's willing to house and host Paul um, while they're doing their thing in Thessalonica. So the Jews come out. They form a mob, uh, wicked men of the rabble. Uh, ESV has, has rabble. I'm not sure what other versions have. Uh, but that just means people who are somehow tied into the marketplace, the agora. So it was it was evil, wicked men who ran businesses in, in the town. The Jews go to them, kind of form this mob, saying, hey, they're causing trouble here. They set the city in an uproar, attack the house of Jason, hoping to find Paul and Silas. Don't find him, so they bring Jason out, trying to get something done. But naturally, you can't find the guys who are actually... You know the ones you're you're after, so they have to pay some sort of monetary security. This is apparently some type of uh, bail bond that they're having to to pay. I guess almost like a uh, you know the charges of disturbing the peace and even disloyalty to the to the emperor. So these are all deflected to Jason, and Jason has has to pay this, which uh, you know you don't read of. Jason getting mad or then demanded money from Paul to kind of uh, cover the charges. It seems that Jason willingly takes on this this form of persecution and enrolls with it, a testament to who Jason is. Turning the world upside down in this context literally refers to preaching a new kingdom and agitating the Jews. So that is, they're challenging, Paul is challenging preconceived notions of who the king is and how we should worship him. So he's really confronting two groups here, uh, Roman affiliates and the Jews. So he's he's attacking two pretty big crowds of people. Uh, verses 6 through 9, where you read about the people coming in um, and kind of seeking to hurt Paul and prison Paul, this could relate to his comments in 1 Thessalonians 2.18, which would have been written to this congregation that he establishes here. When he says he couldn't return to this church in Thessalonica because quote-unquote, Satan hindered us. A lot of people want to read that and say it's a specifically a, a demonic uh, prevention, but it, it very well could have uh, taken form in, um, in this very physical 
realm of, hey, there were there were actually people here who were trying to imprison Paul. Um, now, that doesn't mean that Paul doesn't see that as a spiritual thing, that Satan is doing those things. But this is just the way that Satan manifested himself in the form of these men who were trying to keep him from preaching the gospel. Then you come to this group that is the total opposite of the group in Thessalonica. Um, it, it's funny that we, we say Berean, and I guess I've, I never think about this until I go to to look at this text, and I'm you know I'm trying to read through the Greek to see some something that we might be able to bring out, and it's not actually Bereans, <laughs> which you know I guess definitely doesn't doesn't bode well, but uh, for some people, but because it's a lot more it's a lot more maybe difficult for us to say, Beroian, Beroian is it's not it's not Berean but Beroian, uh, so that is probably a bit more uh, difficult to say, but. Uh, this group of Christians here in Berea, um, totally the opposite of this group of Christians in Thessalonica. Uh, it's not just the Gentiles that are persuaded here, but it's actually those in the Jewish synagogue. These Jews are willing to actually examine what's being brought to them, uh, even though it's, it's definitely conflicting thoughts, weigh them out, uh, decide for themselves what's actually happening here. And the, the the group of Jews in Thessalonica weren't even willing to consider it. Immediately get upset that you're coming to them with some new information that, that contradicts the way that they've always believed. And I, I think you can already see the direct implications and applications for us in our day and time. Anytime we're approached with new information, it's not something we have to re- immediately reject. You get two different reactions like this group in Thessalonica while accusing Paul and Silas of agitating and causing a big commotion are the ones who actually cause a big commotion agitate people get people riled up and then try to attack Paul and that's not the way that Paul does this in any way he does not offend people his thoughts offend people he does not attack people his thoughts are offensive and and but he's never an aggressive person and I think that's the best way that we can conduct ourselves Never be offensive to people. Let your thoughts be offensive. The way you think in, in your ideas uh, naturally as a Christian will offend people. You have a standard of morality. You have an expectation of hope that other people find offensive. And that's okay. And I think it's important for us just to learn how to verbalize those thoughts um, so that we don't come off as angry, aggressive, and offensive simply our thoughts and our beliefs are offensive. And so I think uh, Paul handles himself very well here. Um, a lot of good w- things to think about in this section of Scripture. I pray that you're looking for ways to love and serve your neighbor in genuine and sincere ways. Peace and love.